Well, good morning. If we haven't met before, my name is Bill. I'm one of the pastors here at Mosaic. So I'm curious. So who is the, who is the wisest person you know? Just say it out loud. I think I, heard, I think I heard dad and a lot of mumbling. Mom? Grandma? She's sucking up. What do you want? This is my wife. Yeah, we all have those people in our life. I think we all kind of think of someone. Uh, I'm curious. I want to ask a few questions based on that person that you have in your mind that you would say, this is the wisest person that I know. Okay, and if it applies to this person, I just want you to raise your hand. So is that person, the wisest person you know, is that the richest person you know? If that's the richest person you know, Wealthiest person, raise your hand. Okay, a couple hands in the room. All right, so if, uh, if that person is the most intelligent person you know, uh, raise your hand. A few more hands, a few more hands, okay. Uh, is that person the oldest person you know? Keith has raised his hand to every single one of these. <laughs> <laughs> Last question that applies is this, is that person the most successful person you know? The most successful. Keith, once again, well done. <laughs> Are you talking about yourself, Keith? Is that why? <laughs> but I think that's interesting, right? Because we had some hands raised, but I would say for the most part, every single one of those questions, it's in the minority. So then all of a sudden we're, we have this dilemma in our heads because then it's like asking ourselves the question, what is wisdom, right? It's not really defined by wealth. It's not really defined by intelligence or success. Uh, so what is wisdom? Uh, and that's really essentially this, that, that question that we want to be asking the next six weeks. Uh, we want to we learn what it looks like to be wise, whether we're up or whether we're down. Because I think we all have... We all know people who are extremely successful, but extremely unwise people. And we all know people who've been kind of at the lowest of the low in their life, uh, and they, they're not making the wisest decisions. We have people in that framework. And so how can we learn to be wise, whether our life is going great or whether our life is going terrible? And that's essentially the, the filter that we want to put everything through. And so in the scriptures, there's three wisdom books. The three wisdom books in the Bible is the book of Proverbs, the book of Job, and the book of Ecclesiastes. Three very, very different books of the Bible. Uh, And I think when you read these books in isolation, if you just read Proverbs or you just read Ecclesiastes or you just read Job, uh, they leave you with more questions than answers a lot of the time Uh, because they're so different. But when we look at them collectively, it gives us a fuller picture of what it looks like to live a wise life. And these three books, they all set out to answer that question, how can I live a good life? How do I live the good life? What does it mean for me to live a good life here and now? Uh, And that's what these books are set out to to give us. And so what we're going to do is we're going to spend two weeks in Proverbs, two weeks in Job, two weeks in Ecclesiastes. Uh, And so this week we're going to dive into the book of Proverbs together. Uh, For me, I've never been that interested in these books. Uh, 
I, I think I've always kind of veered away from them for some reason or another. But over the past few months, I've been falling madly in love with these three books. And I think it's because it gives us a full picture of what it looks like to live a wise life. And I think for the most part, I was misinterpreting what they were saying because I'm I'm a skeptical person. I typically always look at, uh, whenever I'm in a conversation, I'm, I'm, I'm the devil's advocate in the room. I'm the, yeah, but, yeah, but. And it's easy to do that for all three of these books. But if, to give you like a brief description of each one of these books, if we are to personify each one of these books, Proverbs would be like the young, wise teacher. You know, just that young, energetic, uh, wise person, that person that we know in our life that always has good practical advice. Whenever we're struggling with something, like that's that first person we go to. And just kind of just that young, spunky teacher. If you know Amy Pinneger, she's the book of Proverbs. Right? Ecclesiastes, on the other hand, is the sharp middle-aged cynic. He's the guy who's probably reading Nietzsche, smoking cigars, drinking whiskey, uh, and always kind of saying things to challenge, saying things that push the boundary. Uh, I would say that's John Bettendorf, if you know John. (laughs) Right? And then Book of Job. Book of Job is that, that, it's that wise old man. For us, it's our grandfathers or great-grandfathers. It's that person who's seen some big tragedies in life. That person who's been through war, World War II, Vietnam. That person who's, who's been through the trenches of life, and they're a rock in the storm. They are that person that it just doesn't seem like anything can shake them because they've seen so much. Um, I will give that one to Mike. But you shaved your beard, Mike. And Mike, he's had the stage here quite, quite often at Mosaic. And Mike has gone through the trenches at some point, uh, at many points in life. And he's been that person, been that Job for people who have gone through deep, tragic divorces. Uh, and I think Job's are the type of people that they don't necessarily make themselves known. Um, but they just have that deep wisdom to them. And so what we're going to do is we want to look at each one of these books and we want to see how they complement each other so that they can teach us how do we live wisely? How do we live a good life? How do we live well in this world? Uh, I think one of the reasons I've uh, kind of veered myself away from Proverbs, though, is a majority of the book of Proverbs is just full of these one-sentence sayings. And a lot of them kind of feel a little random or a little weird, Right? One of those weird ones is this right here. Proverbs 20, 21, 19. It's better to live alone in the desert than with a quarrelsome, complaining wife. Kind of a weird one, isn't it? I was thinking about this, right? Proverbs is it's the book of the Bible that people, they, uh, they, they make Pinterest posters to put up on their wall. But you never see this one. No one ever puts this up on their wall, right? So I asked Kylea, who did our artwork last, last week for Easter. I called her yesterday. I was like, hey, could you make me a Pinterest poster for this, for this proverb? Uh, and if anyone wants this, I have a digital copy. I would love for you to hang it up in your house. Please, someone, hang it up in your house. But if you actually take a step back and get away from the weirdness of this passage, 
it actually is giving us wisdom, right? Because I think, I, I think on the front end, we see this as a little bit sexist, don't we? We do, but I, I think you can just as easily change that word wife uh, and turn it into husband as well. So we made husband too. So wife, you can buy it and it could say husband. And this is why, right? If you've ever been in a relationship with someone who's always picking a fight, been in a relationship with someone who's always complaining, it's exhausting. And so what the book of Proverbs does, and what a lot of these things do, is it puts up a mirror to our life. And it, it begs us to ask the question, how, how, is, how does this apply to my life? Like, what are those relationships that I have right now where I'm just picking fights? What are those relationships where I'm constantly complaining? Does this have any truth in me whatsoever? It puts, us, puts up a mirror to our life, and it has us ask those difficult, hard questions. And so that's essentially what the book of Proverbs is doing. And the book of Proverbs is full of these one-liners. Uh, but the book of Proverbs is much more than one-liners. It, it's, a, it's a big chunk of the book, but it's not all of the book. And so what, we want, what I want to do is I want to take kind of like a 10,000-foot view of the book of Proverbs. I want to show you kind of the outline of the way that Proverbs is written and how it wants to impart wisdom in our life. Uh, and so here's kind of what the book of Proverbs, this is kind of how the outline goes. So you have chapters 1 through 9 is a chunk, and it's essentially the introduction. And in the introduction, chapters 1 through 9, there's two things that are happening. One, there's, there's 10... There's ten uh, letters, essentially, that are a father who's speaking to his son. And a father who's trying to impart wisdom to his son. And then there's four times where it personifies wisdom as a woman. uh, And that wisdom is calling out to us. Wisdom is saying, this is the thing that you need to pursue. So this is happening in the intro. And then we have chapters 10 to 29, which is really diving into a lot of those one-liners. And what those one-liners are is it's a collection from hundreds of years, generation after generation, that they pulled together to say, we are going to learn wisdom from those who came before us. Because people, since the beginning of time, have been asking the question, how do I live a good life? How do I live a good life? And through reflecting on that, all these sayings came to be through chapter 10 through 29. Chapter 30... Uh, it's, uh, it's a reflection of this man named Agur. Uh, we don't know who he is, but essentially it gives us a model for what it, how we should read uh, the scriptures. It gives us that model that says, uh, this is what it looks like for me to read Proverbs to follow wisdom. And then in that last chapter, Lemuel, he's a king, and it, looked, it, it describes what it looks like to be a wise leader. And then the book closes off. Uh, with this beautiful Hebrew poem uh, about a woman who lives a life of wisdom. Uh, in, in, in that, it, what it looks like to be a good mother, what it looks like to be a good businesswoman, what it looks like to be a wise, uh, wise with our relationships to the poor, with our relationships uh, to significant others. And this is essentially the book of Proverbs. But what, we wanted, what I want to do today is I, I want to stick in that first chunk that first chunk of chapters 1 through 9. And and I want to dive into what it's really trying to communicate to us through those 10 speeches, through those four poems from Lady Wisdom, 
uh, and see what it actually has to say to us. So if we dive right into the book of Proverbs, if you have a copy of the scriptures, um, it should be up on the screen as well, but we're going to jump to Proverbs 1, 1, chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to start right at the beginning. This is what it says. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction and prudent behavior, doing what is right, right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables and sayings and riddles of the wise. So we get right at the beginning. Why is the book of Proverbs written? Verse 2. For gaining wisdom and instruction and for understanding words of insight. Now what's really interesting about that word wisdom, uh, the book of Proverbs was not written in English. Uh, That Hebrew word that it's used there is the Hebrew word chokmah. And chokmah, it means wisdom, but it actually also means skill. And so we see this in the book of Exodus, where it's actually translated wisdom in English, and it's translated skill, the same word, chokmah. Here we go, Exodus chapter 31. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezael, son of Uri, son of Hur. I hate when they have hard names to say. I should have Googled how to pronounce it. Of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, chokmah, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for the work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed Ohilab, son of, I don't know the name, of tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given ability to all the skilled, and it's that word, chokmah, skilled workers, to make everything I have commanded you. The tent of meeting, the ark of the covenants, Uh, the law with the atonement cover on it and all the furnishings of the tent, right? And so the book of Proverbs, using this word chokmah from the book of Exodus, right? What What it's communicating is that wisdom is a skill that we can acquire, just, just that is like being an artisan or a craftsman. It's, it's that skill that we have to work towards. Uh, wisdom is this thing that we actually have the ability to acquire. It's not just something that you're born with to say, oh, they're wise. But it's something that we're constantly working towards. Wisdom. Right? And as we go through, right, those poems of the wise woman, uh, it's not just a skill that we acquire, Right? It's essentially like wisdom is almost like a, like a tool that we use. So you think, of a, you think of a needle and a thread, right? Like wisdom is like the needle. It's a tool that we use to create something. But it's also this thread that's threaded into the universe. So when the book of Proverbs personifies wisdom as this woman who's kind of going in and is in the earth, it's accessible, it's in everything, I want to read for you, this is kind of a long passage, but it's really beautiful. Proverbs chapter 8. This is one of those sections where it personifies wisdom as this woman. This is what it says. I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. 
I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. Common sense and success belong to me. Insight and strength are mine. Because of me, kings reign and rulers make just decrees. Rulers lead with my help and nobles make righteous judgment. I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. I have riches and honor as well as enduring wealth and justice. My gifts are better than gold, even the purest gold. My wage is better than sterling silver. I walk in righteousness and passive justice. Those who love me inherit wealth and I will fill their treasuries. And so wisdom is essentially this thing that uh, it, it gives us something. It gives us a reward. Like when we're following wisdom, it's giving us these things, these good things, these valuable things. I was appointed in ages past at the very first before the earth I began. It's a big statement. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters, before the mountains were formed, before the hills I was born, before he made the earth and fields and the first handfuls of soil, I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizon. I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established springs in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so that they would not spread beyond their boundaries. And when he marked off the earth's foundations, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. And how happy I was with the whole world he created how I rejoiced with the human family. And so wisdom isn't just this tool that we can access and that we can use, but wisdom is in the very fabric of the universe we live in, the very fabric of the world. And essentially what what the book of Proverbs proposes is that when you walk in wisdom, you you are walking with the stream of the universe. And when you walk against it, you're walking against the stream. And essentially what it's saying is that the the universe is designed this way, with wisdom. That it's in everything, and it's everywhere. And it's at the very core of the character of God. And so then we begin to ask ourselves the question, well, how do we acquire this skill? Right? How do we acquire wisdom? And if wisdom is threaded into the very fabric of the universe, how, how do we tap into that? Because I think for, the, for most of us, we ask ourselves the question, I, I want to be wise. I don't want to be the person that people look at and they say, that's a fool. Uh, I, I think most of us say, I, I want to live a wise life. And so then we ask ourselves that question, how, how do I be wise? And that's where that, the sections, those ten, uh, those ten sayings from a father to a son, they apply to us. Right? And these ten speeches from the father to the son, they kind of all fit within this certain theme. And what that theme is, is he constantly talks about wisdom and fear of the Lord. What it does is it gives you virtue, integrity, generosity, and then what that leads to is success. But folly, evil, it's going to lead to selfishness and pride, and it's going to lead you to ruin and shame. Essentially, when you do good, you're going to get good back. And when you do bad, you're going to get bad back. That's essentially what the book of Proverbs is saying. And now, uh, I know Mosaic, I know you guys, like we're a pretty skeptical group of people. 
uh, we're that group of people that thinks of the exception to the rule. And what Proverbs, Proverbs is not addressing the exceptions to the rule. That's book of Ecclesiastes, book of Job. Actually, can we keep that up there still, that last slide? Uh, that's book of Ecclesiastes, and Job is always talking about the exception to the rule. Proverbs is giving us the rule. In Proverbs, it's, it's not a promise. God is not saying, if you do good, I promise good things are going to happen. It's probability. Right? If you do good things, more likely than not, good things are going to come back to you. And if you do bad things, more likely than not, bad things are going to come back to you. Because we can all think of exceptions to the rule, can't we? We could all think of bad things that have happened to good people. That's Job. And we could all think of uh, good things that continually happen to bad people. And that's why in the book of Proverbs, you have to stick with, it is a mirror that we put in front of our face, and we're constantly asking ourselves the question, am I living a wise life? And am I living uh, a foolish life? Where am I wise? Where am I foolish? It's putting up a mirror to, my, to, to our life. Because that is the way that things are in this world happen. Right? When you're a good friend, what happens? You get more friends. When you're a generous person, people are typically generous back to you. But it's on the flip side, right? If you're a mean person, are people nice to you back? No. And so that's, that's the way that what Proverbs is setting up is, is, look, we've all have this choice to make in our life. We can choose to walk this path of wisdom. And we can reflect on all the goodness that have happened in our life. And a lot of it is a result of good decisions we have made. And we could look at our life and we could say that we've made some foolish decisions that have caused these foolish things, these bad things to happen in our life. And so what Proverbs is constantly trying to teach us is put this mirror up in front of our face and we're asking ourselves the question, where am I wise? Where am I foolish? And how can I learn from generations that came before me of what it looks like to live a good life? And how can I actually craft this good life for me here and now? How can I access wisdom as a tool to create more good in my life? And how can I actually tap into the very nature of the universe that God established to go with the flow, to go with the stream of the way God set things up? There's that saying, um, everything happens for a reason. Uh, I think the book of Proverbs, what it's saying is, it's, it's, the, uh, it's that saying that goes along with it. Uh, everything happens for a reason, but sometimes the reason is you're a fool and you make bad choices. The book of Proverbs is essentially saying we have this choice. We have this free will in our life. And good choices, wisdom is always in front of us. No matter, where, no matter what those decisions are, we are in a path. It's constantly pursue wisdom, pursue wisdom. If you read through those 10 speeches from the father to the son, he's just, you could just feel the angst in the father's voice. He's like, please, son, pursue wisdom, pursue wisdom. Don't fall into the trap because it's so easy to follow foolishness, but follow wisdom, follow these good things. And if you do it, good things are going to happen in your life. And so... What I want us to do is I, I want us to begin that self-reflection journey. 
I don't want this series to necessarily be, okay, let's show you a bunch of Proverbs for you to learn from. I want to teach you how to read the book of Proverbs. I want to teach you how to take it away and say, how do I actually apply this to my life? One of my favorite Proverbs is Proverbs 17, 3. Um, I don't have a slide for it, so this is what it says. Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. Fire tests the purity of silver and gold because when you put gold or silver in a fire, it melts. The gold melts, the silver melts, and the impurities come to the surface so you can get rid of the impurities. But the Lord tests the heart. And so do we actually have this posture of humility to say, God, like I want to live a wise life so you have my heart. And I'm giving you permission to put it through a fire. I'm giving you permission to, to take a hold of it so that you can cause those impurities to rise to the surface. So you could point out those areas in my life where I'm a fool and I can walk away from those things. And you point out those areas in my life that I see that I'm making these wise choices and I can continue this path right here because I know that that path is it's going to bring good things in my life and it's going to bring good things into the world. And so this is the path. This is what I want my heart to look like. And so I want you guys to do something with me. Most of us have smartphones. So I want you to take your phone out. Everyone take your phone out. And I want you to put it on camera mode. And then I want you to put it on selfie mode. (laughs) Right? So it looks like this right here. Selfie mode. Everyone do it. If you don't have a smartphone, this is what I want you to do. Uh, I want you to just open up your hands and look at your hands. Look at your fingerprints. And this is a moment that I want you to take seriously, because I know the second we take it out, we think to ourselves, uh, selfies are the epitome of foolishness. <laughs> right? Selfies is just, it, it, it's just a way for, to get others to validate our own insecurities most of the time. But I want us in this moment to embrace the selfie And I want you to just look at yourself in the mirror. Don't look at someone else's phone. I want you to to step into this moment. And if you don't have a phone, just look at your hands. Look at your fingerprints. Look at the way that God crafted you. And I think when we don't look at ourselves a lot, we typically look at ourselves in the mirror when we're getting ready in the morning or checking to see if, Something's wrong with our hair. But just look at yourself, right? Proverbs is essentially, it, it, it's, it's putting that mirror up to your life and it's saying, what are, this, what are some of those foolish decisions that I've made in my life? What are those areas that God needs to bring to the surface? Those impurities. And do I have the... Humility to allow God to point those things out. Proverbs 3, one of those speeches from the father to the son, uh, the dad says, My child, do not reject the Lord's discipline, and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. 
Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths, and all her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. And so I, I, I don't want us to just stay in that place of foolishness, but as you're looking at yourself in the mirror, and you've been looking at yourself for a long time if you're stepping into this, and then really reflect on your life and, and ask yourself the question, what are those wise choices that I have made in my life? Where have I seen good fruit happen? Where have I seen good come in my life or good come in someone else's life? Because I've chosen that path of wisdom. What is that? What is that path? What is that road? Would you pray with me? God, I thank you that this choice of wisdom is always before us. That each and every one of us, I'm sure it's a lot easier to think of our lives and to remember foolish choices that we've made. And it's really difficult to tell ourselves, this is where I'm wise. This is where I'm making great choices. This is where... I have chosen to follow you in those paths of wisdom. So God, give us your voice now. Help us to reflect in this moment and to do that hard work to say, God, I've done some bad things in my life and I have reaped the consequences of that. Because you created the universe in a way that when I go against the stream, it's difficult, it's hard, and I'm drowning. But God, you have always put goodness in front of me. That Jesus, you didn't just die for my sins so that I can go to heaven someday. You died for my foolishness so I can choose to live this path of wisdom so that you can guide me always and be that voice in my soul that says, go this way, choose this path. It is the best path for you. It is the best path for the world. You're gonna see good things happen in your life. You're gonna see good things happen in the world if you take this path. And so God, give us the insight and the discernment today to remember those good choices that we made. For those of us who maybe feel at a crossroads right now, that we have the courage to say, I'm going to follow that path of wisdom. I've lived my life as a fool, but no more. I'm going to choose this path. I'm going to go with the flow. I'm going to go with the grain of the universe. I'm going to go with the stream. And I'm just going to swim in grace. 
Because God, I wanna see good things happen in my life. I wanna see good things happen in my family's life, good things happen in my friend's life, good things happen in my city, good things happen in the world. And so God, guide me, help me to walk that path today. Jesus, empower me, fill my soul with your presence so that I can walk the path of wisdom. To your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. So during the last song, um, we're not going to take communion today, but we're going to do something different. I want to invite you into taking a big risk. I feel like in these type of communal settings, it's easy for us to feel inspired, to feel like God is speaking to us in the moment, uh, and not take any action. The book of Proverbs is always calling us to action. Wisdom is not passive. It is not intelligence in your head. It's something you learn in your head and you apply it and you do it and you, and you actually use it. It's a tool. So this is what I want us to do during this last song as we sing. I want you to have the courage to come up to this mirror right here, to look at yourself in the mirror and write down something, some area in your life that you either in the past or right now feel like God revealed is foolish. And you need to leave that behind. And maybe for you, if it's too private, just draw a picture or write a symbol, whatever that is. But put your mark on that. Because we all have those areas in our life. But then I want you to walk over to this one right here. And I want you to remember and reflect on what are those choices that you're making in your life, whether you're past or right now, that you would say, these are wise choices. This is the path that I know God wants me to continue on, that God wants me to continue to take so that I could see good things happen in my life, good things happen in my friend's life, in my family's life, and in the world I live in. So what are those things? Because wisdom, it needs action. And I know for my fellow introverts in the room, this is torture. Uh, I'm with you. But I think we need to step into those moments of uncomfortability a lot more often. And so would you choose to step into that moment of uncomfortability to reveal what is that area of foolishness you're leaving behind and what is the area of wisdom that you're going to continue to step into as you leave the building today. So would you stand with me uh, and I invite you into this practice as we sing. So as we leave here today, um, I want us to hold on to this moment. I don't want us to miss it. I don't want us to walk out and just say, okay, I wrote some things on a mirror today. But I, I want this week for you to be a week of deep reflection, to continue this practice of how do I continue to think about and pray about God, where, where am I a fool? What are my, what are my blind spots? What are those areas that I'm going against your flow. And how can I continue to have the courage to live this wise life? And then we do have these things that we wrote down, these areas that we've been foolish. Right? And so this 
this area here we, we leave behind, right? I wanted to just like throw it across the room and just see it shatter everywhere. That would have been foolish though. <laughs> foolish. But we leave, we leave that behind. Like we, we, we don't pretend like it wasn't there, it was never there, but we learn from it. Right, just as an artisan or a craftsman, you learn through failure. Right, you learn through messing up and then you say, no, I'm gonna fix that. I'm, I'm not gonna do that again because I'm gonna learn from my mistakes. I'm not gonna continue to go back that way. So I'm gonna move on, I'm gonna remember, I'm gonna learn, and I'm gonna choose this path of wisdom. So this week, read through the Proverbs. Read through those 10 sayings of a father to a son, of Lady Wisdom and what she has to say to you. And then begin to look through some of these Proverbs and reflect on your life and say, God, is this me? Doesn't seem like it is, but is it me? And then how can I choose wisdom? How can we go? So Mosaic, as we go, there's always grace for a fool. Always. And so we learn and we're forgiven. We're already forgiven past, present, and future. So we can learn from that and Jesus can continue to inspire us to live this wise life. So let's go in that wisdom today. Love you, Mosaic. We'll catch you next week.